Welcome to Building Wealthy Habits, a Tricord Advisors radio program. You will recognize Randy from Retirement Unlimited, a program that has aired on our station for over 15 years. Each week on Building Wealthy Habits, your hosts discuss life's hard financial questions relating to retirement, business ownership, and losing a spouse. Randy Barkley, Jeremiah Lee, and Laura Lee are CFP certified financial planners at Tricord Advisors, and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. If you have a topic you would like them to discuss on the air or would like to connect with them about your situation, visit their website, tricordadvisors.com or give them a call at 951-684-7011. Now, let's join the conversation on Building Wealthy Habits. Well, this is Building Wealthy Habits. We're a Tricord Advisors podcast and radio show. This is Laura Lee. I'm Jeremiah Lee. Well, we're your hosts for today. And each week we get together, we talk about financial items that add value to your life. And this week we are talking basically to business owners. Uh, mm-hmm. Business owners, whether they're, they're startups at the very beginning, whether they're growing their business, whether they're at a mature level, we're going to kind of talk through the business cycles that people go through and right. where a financial advisor does or doesn't make sense. Right. In an earlier podcast, we talked about entity formation, different business structures. So that might be something that our listeners would want to go back and revisit. Today, we want to talk about entrepreneurs. And we've worked with both serial entrepreneurs, those who um, have a habit or um, are in the business of starting businesses. And they're going to have a specific vantage point. And we have others that just have a big idea and have started their own business. And so we're going to talk through kind of those cycles or those phases um, that most, again, these are kind of stereotypes, but most businesses go through and kind of the um, sort of important important or critical points at each juncture. Yeah, that's great. So as a, a brief overview, most companies, this is the, the kind of structure we'll use for our conversation. They start with a launch. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to they're gonna launch. It's a new idea. Sometimes it's just a, a proof of concept. This yeah. is somebody, you know, baking something out of their garage, doing a, a hand t-shirt press. <laughs> this is someone, you know, it, 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 small as it needs to be. It, it's a, a launching a business. They've decided to, to go for it. Um, if that's successful, it turns into a growth phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a company that's growing, and often that's a difficult season because orders are coming in. They got to maybe hire some people. You know, it, yep. It's all sorts of things. Then it comes to a point where they've kind of gotten the market. They're a real business, and they're they're on their way towards maturity. And that's kind of that that, that in between season. The mm-hmm. maturity is where it's it's a lot of the business owners we work with. Yeah, run a business. They've had it for a while, and then it's either perpetually mature and they're reinventing themselves and seeing mm-hmm. the markets or theirs. Just decline. So that's kind of the structure. Yeah, you gave about. like a broad arch. I always thought, um, you know, when I think about a, a bright idea or an entrepreneur, when we had young kids, I remember going into Babies R Us mm. and looking at the wall of options that they had for any given item, a bottle, a pacifier, nail clippers. And I thought this wall is evidence of all the new ideas. So all these parents that have found a a hole in the market, there's a need in the market and they rush to fill it. And so I think entrepreneurs are a really interesting personality set. Again, I'm stereotyping, but a lot of times they're, they're excited. They um, are people that take action. You know, a lot of people have tons of ideas, but these are the people who actually want to put their, you know, put some action towards, towards these things. So they're, they're excited um, and they have a tendency to take on a lot right at the beginning. Right. And let's talk about that beginning. Let's talk about that initial phase. So the the launch phase, uh, there's no playbook, right? Right. There's no existing relationships necessarily. If someone's a serial entrepreneur, they've done this before, Mm -hmm. then often they already have a CPA attorney. They're starting off with the right structures. They're starting off with the right partners. They can probably get financing already, mm-hmm. but that's people who've done this before. For the majority right. of people, this is the first time they're they're run into this. 
they don't have an attorney set up. They don't have a CPA. Mm-hmm. They don't have a good relationship with a commercial bank to get lending. Maybe they've never formed a company before. It's, yeah. it's typical that they would work long hours, um, which hopefully means that they're passionate about what they're doing. They might have to work not just odd jobs, but all the jobs, yeah. you know, <laughs> really from the ground up. And so um, that's that's kind of typical of this season. They, they may or may not be hiring a few key employees because they probably don't have the budget yet to hire everybody who they want to, but they will be hiring a few key employees. And they're probably testing, you know, proof of concept you mentioned, kind of testing out their idea in the market. Yeah, this is, a, I think, a hard, scary and exciting season for business. And a lot of times, I think in reality, people... People still have their day jobs at this point. Yeah, they're good still point. working for whatever they were working for. And on the side, on the weekends, they're trying to create this other business. Right. Um, so there's a lot of experimenting going on, um, which is exciting. So right. kind of a story, we have a client we've worked with for a while. They're in an apparel business and they, uh, they, sell, they sell in a seasonal uh, structure, I guess. Even mm-hmm. as Christmas approaches, they are pushing a lot of... Uh, Sales and yeah. merchandise, and yeah, that's their season. And then as Christmas ends, they kind of have designing and uh, ordering, getting things off off uh, from overseas, getting into Amazon or wherever else they're they're selling it. And it's interesting working with them when they first came in. They wanted to make sure their their personal plan was set, but really their personal plan is dependent on their business being successful. Yeah, that it really compresses their profit into three, four months, maybe one or two quarters yeah. out of the year. And that has to suffice for the whole rest of the year. So they're kind of unique in that way that they definitely have sort of a quote unquote dormant season um, other than when they enter into their high sales season. Yeah. And for them, when they finish you know, high sales, good profits, they're excited, all that money, and this is probably as they you know, get into that growth phase, all that money didn't just like go into their bank account and they had a party. Right. All that money went back into the business. For next year to do this mm-hmm. further and to do this far, farther and to, to reach where they want to get to. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big key moment of, of this. You know, when you get sales, even if you have good cash flow at this season of launch and early growth, you're probably not taking much of a salary. You're probably not receiving right. that. It's not time to cash out. No. Like no, it's <laughs> you're time putting to, all to back in. Going, right? And that's that's where the risk initially there's the risk. Um, it's kind of kind of like we got we got dogs not too long ago. We have some puppies that are now dogs. Mm-hmm. And the initial thought was, oh, you know, what, what are the, the startup costs? You know, to buy yeah. the dog, get the water bowls, get all the things. And that, in, in my mind, was the expense of it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that was just day one. Then you got to feed them and then they need shops. And then we need to take them for We walks. grossly <laughs> underestimated the little chew marks and chew marks things that would happen on our damage. We could do a whole separate podcast on that. But the illustration yeah. is beneficial in that how many entrepreneurs can really expect ahead of time all of the costs that they're going to have. And like you said, if you're a serial entrepreneur, even if you've just done this one time before, two times before, you're going to come into it with more knowledge and a better sense of what some of those startup costs would be. But I think oftentimes they're unique to whatever sort of business you're yeah. trying to launch service, product, you know, they're going to have different expenses. Yeah. And with success brings more costs, more, more revenue, mm-hmm. but also more costs. And so when you get mm-hmm. to that profit or positive cash flow, it, it might be longer than mm-hmm. you might think. Mm-hmm. So let's move a little bit into the, the next category, which is the growth phase. Yeah. And this is where a lot of folks, uh, it worked. You have a business, you launched it, you quit your job or whatever else you were doing. You were all in. Or maybe this is the season where you quit your other job. Basically, the the, the new company is taking off. It's taking off, yep. And to your comment, this is probably the one where you're hiring. If you haven't already hired someone, you're probably hiring some help. You're Mm -hmm. getting some other people. So that means you're walking into HR, um, payroll items. It all probably also means that you're either going to be bootstrapping it yourself, you know, paying for it, or you're going to mm-hmm. start bringing out some financing to a bank. Yeah, yeah. And that is a whole different world for people who haven't been in here yet. Because the bank, before they're going to give you money for a business, mm-hmm. they're going to say, let's let's look at your projections, your business plan. Right. And you know, launch phase, you just that's all you had. In growth phase, they're going to say, what, what's your P&L? What's your balance sheet? They mm-hmm. want all those financial reporting. Mm-hmm. 
for some people, that's great. You know, they got their mind it's around easy that. for others. It can be very daunting yeah. and complicated, and that can become the barrier to the next step for their company because they need an infusion of capital. And the best place to go and get it might be the small business, you know, an SBA loan or other banks. You know, a lot of banks offer competitive rates to small businesses, but you have to go in with some documentation yeah. that your business is viable. Yeah. And, um, and where do you get that? I mean, in essence, you have to ethically and reasonably and accurately create it. And yeah. so often that includes a CPA, you know, that includes mm-hmm. some sort of a, probably not a CFO role at this point. You may not have a full finance person, but right. you either might have a, a bookkeeper or you're working with an outside CPA to mm-hmm. look at your books, help you understand better mm-hmm. how to categorize things, um, how to track everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where I think this somewhere in the growth period is where a lot of sophistication needs to come in. Yeah. Um, if you get to the end of the growth period and it's just you out of your garage, you probably haven't grown to where you could, right? Right. So it, it's probably transitioning from being in a garage, hey, this is great, to now being in an office or a warehouse or some other location, having staff, having financing, um, having st- uh, more sophisticated on all levels. And mm-hmm. one that people often will start to look at is um, in their personal sense, hey, this is doing great. I just had the best, best year I've ever had, and I'm still not taking the salary. Mm-hmm. Well, we had the best year we've ever had, and my my employees are just starting to talk about a 401k. Yeah. And you know, all, all those levels. Or the question, when do I, t- okay, the business is doing really well. I've taken, you know, I've spent blood, sweat and tears for X amount of time, probably longer than they thought. And I've put all that money back into the business. When, when do I get to take a salary? Mm-hmm. And if so, how much? Yep. And should I be paying my other employees more than me? And you're right. What about a retirement plan? You know, all these things start to come into to vision and, and they can be really complicated really fast. Yeah. And I think it's an appropriate time for that vision to go beyond just to need to make it work. It's to say, will this work for us? Mm-hmm. Will this business work for our, our family? Will it work for the community? Will it will it accomplish the things that we want it to now that we've we've gotten some traction? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great moment to look look into. And uh, there's even moments where some companies will will start bringing in uh, as early as this managers to kind of replace themselves to say, mm-hmm. hey, I like the startup. I got it going. I'm not good at showing mm-hmm. up every day and making sure that everyone's on point. Mm-hmm. I need someone else. And that's, I think, a personality and a custom to each business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people, I've heard actually different. So this moment when somebody's looking for some expertise, some advice, you know, I think there's multiple ways that you can approach it. I recently heard a presentation from a family-owned uh, restaurant business that as they were starting to expand really quickly and franchise, it was the younger son in the family that mm-hmm. took over the business. He was a very young CEO. And one of the ways that they brought some wisdom and advice to him was by setting up a very strategic board of directors. And he said in his presentation, I identified my weak points. I identified the areas that I didn't know what what decisions needed to be made I, or, and or I didn't have a lot of expertise. And they went out and they actually hired specific board members that basically he was asking for access to their expertise. Yeah. Another route, I mean, that's kind of an expensive route um, because he had to hire those board members. Another route is I know even in our area and in many areas, there are groups, organizations that you can join typically within your industry. They may be non-industry specific. They may just be, you know, young business owners. There's, there's lots of organizations that you could join, become a member and have access to some of the resources, but mostly just a networking opportunity where you meet with other entrepreneurs that might be in your same season or down the road a little bit farther than you and can give you some input and advice. So I think what's important here um, when you look at hiring um, either advice or getting expertise is to make sure that you know you don't find yourself alone because um, you know this is kind of a critical season of the business and a wrong decision you know could really 
be detrimental. You know, I don't want to be doom and gloom, but it can it can definitely have a large impact on the company. Yeah, and we are here in Southern California, Riverside. We are, um, I think, privileged to have the Greater Riverside Chambers of Commerce. We have a fantastic Chamber of mm-hmm. Commerce. Not all cities get this, um, and ours specifically. If people are going to the Chamber of Commerce looking to make direct sales, they probably have the wrong idea. But if they're looking to make connections with other business leaders, you know, meeting some bankers, meeting um, some other industry people who either can directly assist your business and what they do, or who uh, have been there before and can mm-hmm. just give you some really good advice. It's a wonderful resource um, to meet people in, in that in that space. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe they're going for that purpose to build community, be a part of your community, but also gather from other people who've been this, mm-hmm. this before. It's mm-hmm. great. I also think this is a phase, you kind of touched on this before, where uh, you probably, the company hasn't hired maybe a formal um, accountant or CFO. Maybe they're still outsourcing the accounting. And that could actually be fine for the long term. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of companies that outsource um, some of their, their finance and their accounting. Um, one of the ways that Tricord um, is unique in the market is with your legal background and specifically in business transactional law. Um, when we have entrepreneurs come and meet with us, obviously we do the personal side of financial planning, but we get an opportunity to align the professional side as well. So even just having another person review the financials of your company, talk about different uh, financing options, you know, maybe there's some things that they haven't considered yet. And, um, so I just want to kind of, um, bring attention to your background and, yeah. and what you offer. But I think it gives us an ability to, to go more than just, um, you know, how's your retirement account doing? Because a lot of these people in this phase, that's not the, that's not what's top of mind. But right. I mean, at the end of last year, 2023, I started a number of LLCs for clients because they were launching into the 2024 with a new new venture. Mm-hmm. That, that's a very normal process. In fact, even today, I had a, a, someone reaching out about trademark issues and saying, hey, am I going to get in trouble if I, if I do this trademarks. versus doing that? And that's not the area I focus in, but it will put in the right direction to say, yeah, this mm-hmm. could be an issue. If you were to pursue and try and start a business in this vein, right. some more research might be needed before you jump in. So, right. I, I, yeah, I think it's a, it's a benefit to our clients to be holistically. And I think even with your international experience, I mean, you've traveled all through the world in business purposes and to be able to speak into that for clients to say, mm-hmm. you know, not just are, are you, you know, what's our, what's this street look like? What's our city look like? But think bigger. You know, what, what is the mm-hmm. Southern California? What is the domestic? What is the internationally? What is this business looking to do? And I think it's a, a real beautiful part of dreaming larger with the client. Yeah, absolutely. Doing business in different places looks differently, um, looks different, I guess. And so um, I I love international business and also just kind of playing with how you reach out to your target market. And that's something I love to talk to clients about. So, so, okay. So a lot of times entrepreneurs are dead focused on growth. Yep. Okay. We got to make sure this company is going to work. Okay. So I get to the top. Or on my way to the top, what happens next? Yeah, it's, it's, it's I was call almost like a backfill moment or a bridge moment where you've got to, you've got to put in some real structures that are going to benefit you for the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, HR being a big, you know, mm. somewhere in here, you had to hire somebody and file tax forms and comply with, you know, in California, comply with California best practices and laws on hiring and firing. And some of that stuff is, is ethical and appropriate. Some of the stuff is just checking the box and doing what the rule says yeah. to make sure that you are following what you're supposed to be. So it, it's bringing in those levels of sophistication, which have costs. And mm-hmm. you know, being the, the lean and mean and fast growth company is really great. There gets to be a point where now you probably do need a CFO, someone who's dedicated to your finances. You probably do need some uh, you know, staffing that, that's more robust. And all those are going to kind of eat into that, that you know, skyrocketing growth. And usually in this season is when you're, that growth, that, that covered all evils, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. more money coming in, starts to slow. And mm-hmm. to say you've kind of saturated the market, you, you've kind of expanded where you wanted to expand. And now you have a, a functioning business. And here's a, a good moment for folks as they're looking to be moving into that mature business aspect. 
um, is to, to look at retirement plans, to look at uh, parental leave policies, to look at all these things mm-hmm. that, and, and company culture. The culture might have been a hustle culture, right? right? And now to say, no, we need a culture that is really going to lean into this next season. Yeah. I would say a lot of our clients are in this world to where they I would consider them a mature business. You know, they mm-hmm. run a business, they're good at it, but they're all different levels of that backfill of the things that they've established that make this a long-term sustainable business. You know, a big one being a retirement plan. There's, there's so many different versions of retirement plans out there. And as a business owner, you know, you want to make sure that the money that you're generating for your team and for everything that, that you're also benefiting your, your personal life mm-hmm. to say, I, I might be able to retire someday, or I was able to take what was going to be very taxable and divert it into retirement planning. So I don't, suffer the taxes now, I can delay them till later. Um, so it's, mm-hmm. it's also a moment where some people lose interest. I think some business owners, if they are entrepreneurial and they love the startup, they may not be interested anymore and, and need yeah. to bring on some, some management. Yeah. So this is what we would, I guess, term kind of a crossover or a bridge phase into just as, you know, if you were thinking about the growth of a business, like a bell curve and you've depending on the business, some could just continue on. So the bell curve illustration wouldn't apply, but you know, they get to a peak growth phase and they're starting to round the corner towards maturity. So let's talk about if it was a mature company and they were in that season, you're going to have some indicators that are going to tell you that you've reached maturity. So your growth or your sales rather might have stayed consistent, but they're probably not growing at the same rate. Unlike the initial phase where you're hungry for cash, in this phase, you probably have more cash. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hopefully at this point, you've been a good steward with the sales that have been made and you've been able to manage the long-term debt that you might have taken on or the financing options and have some cash available in the company. What are some other indicators? Yeah, and that's that say? cash. You're probably stable on cash, but your, your profitability, your profit margins are probably squeezing. Mm-hmm. Early on, when you, were, when you were working, you got in you know, $100 and mm-hmm. you said, well, five of that goes to what I just did and the rest of it comes to the business. Great. Whereas now you've got HR folks, you've got um, uh, maybe a location or two, you know, warehouse, uh, yeah. office, all those things cost and that's eaten into your, your margins. And, mm-hmm. and so the benefit of this is when you go to a bank, they, they love these financials. You, know, mm-hmm. you have stable growth, uh, you have stable cash flows, you have known expenses. Um, you're very lendable. You know, the mm-hmm. risks that a bank sees are, are much smaller than they were before. Then certainties have gone out. But for businesses, you know, they have to really manage that margin now to mm-hmm. say, are we really being profitable enough to um, fund all of these things, to, to build the business we're looking to? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's examples of, of companies that mature. Um, I don't want to talk about decline yet, but you know, think of like Blockbuster. Blockbuster was a great company for a long time. Right. You know, that they probably reinvented themselves a number of times in that process being a mature company. Um, but at some point, they, they didn't reinvent when they needed to. Right. They didn't get to virtual streaming soon enough or you know, whatever their issues may have been. But then they, they declined. I mean, Kodak is another one. Kodak was right. all film. You know, felt like that mm-hmm. was that was their main player. And then they declined over time. Right. Xerox, Radio Shack, you know, all these yeah. mammoth companies that were household names at one time that yeah. now have just been kind of gone yeah. by the wayside. And they got acquired at some point, right? They came down. Yeah, they, sure. Those very large Consolidation. Companies. You think yeah. about a family-owned or a moderate-sized business, you know, as they're maturing, um, if they don't put these things in place, if they don't reinvent themselves again and again to kind of stay with the market, right. they could suffer that, that decline. So I think that maturity phase, that's a, a really key thing is to, you know, look at margins, look mm-hmm. at profitability, you know, you have good resources, you have ability to mention that um, advisory board mm-hmm. um, to, to, to kind of build that around you to say, what am I missing? What else mm-hmm. do I need um, to make sure that you have the resources to, to move forward and continue and to re-innovate? And for some people who are entrepreneurs, they love this. They love the aspect that they can bring in a manager mm-hmm. and they can keep journey about the future. 
Um, others, this is a really hard season because you know what's the next thing? What's what's new? So that's such a good point. A couple of things occur to me there is that you know when your company starts to reach maturity, you as an entrepreneur probably need to be self-aware. You know, do you really enjoy the operational, administrative, the tactical? What what point in the phase so far was your favorite? Where did you really shine? You may want to continue to have some sort of hands-on daily role at the company. Or like you said, this might be an opportunity where really that idea of ownership. So you take your potentially, you take your hands off a little bit, you hire a manager and that leadership role of still um, guiding the company. Potentially, there's a lot of different ways to structure it, but having input and advice, helping on the on the uh, budget side, the financial side, but really um, hiring someone to operationally make the company successful for the long term. Yeah. The other thought that occurs to me here, which might be another reason to hire someone is that oftentimes at mature and with the rate of innovation in varies by industry. This is a time where a company really needs to consider adopting new technologies, um, reinventing, maybe not completely, you know, their product or their service might still be in high demand, but are they responding to changes in the market, the next demographic, the next target market that they're trying to serve? And, um, you know, some owners and entrepreneurs are resistant to change. You know, they've had something that has worked. Yeah. Don't fix it if it ain't broke. But the idea here is not so much do we fix it or not, but are we evolving with the way that the market um, is guiding us? And so, you know, we talk about companies that are no longer household names, but there's, you know, other companies that are great examples of this. Microsoft yeah. is a great example of reinventing themselves. Um, I always laugh when my kids pull out Legos. Because they're just as popular and just as desirable to them now as they were more, to us. Significantly more expensive, I feel like. Now. Yes. I, I don't know. They're all branded. Everything is branded. Maybe because we're buying them and our parents yeah, aren't. Right. But um, yeah, there's yeah. been companies that have really um, you know, kept up with what the market demands are. Yep, that's right. And as we look at kind of this, this last phase, you know, maturity doesn't have to end, right? Maturity, mm -hmm. like you said, like Apple has been a mature company for a long time and keeps reinventing Microsoft and with the thing that, about uh, you know, what they're doing with your teams and what they're doing. They are reinventing themselves over and over. Same as a, a small size business. But at this moment, often you need to start thinking about succession planning. And mm -hmm. succession planning could be sell the business. It could be bring on leadership that I can transition this to. If there's a family, it yeah. could be bring in family members that want to be a part of this. Um, it could also be that emergency planning to say, what, mm -hmm. if, what if that owner at this point uh, were to pass away tragically? Uh, is the business set up for any sort of continuity or mm -hmm. is everything just fall apart? Um, that, that's security for the family, that's security for right. the employees. All of those become really important questions. And this is the other place where we interact a lot with our clients is they have a good business. They're getting a bit older and they're thinking about their future. And yeah. they say, do I want to sell it? Do I want to transition it? What, what is this going to do for my family? What is this going to do for all the, the clients and mm -hmm. the staff that I've mm -hmm. built um, and I mm -hmm. appreciate? Um, so In fact, we did a two-part recording on succession planning um, on our podcast where we're talking about actually starting your company with the end in mind. And so yeah. obviously for an entrepreneur that's just excited to get their product or their service out on the market, they're probably not thinking about what they're going to do in the future if they're going to sell their company. But at some point along the way, maybe through that growth phase, as they start to see um, sales come in, this company is legitimate, it's continuing to grow. You know, At some point along the way, that trigger, that flag needs to go off that I need to think about what's going to happen in the end. And there might be multiple scenarios that you consider. Yeah. Nobody really knows the future at all. But really, this is something, again, just to bring it back to that 
the way an advisory or financial planning service can can provide for an entrepreneur is looking at both the personal and professional side of things. So making sure that both are aligned from the protection standpoint, as well as profitability, retirement, et cetera, et cetera. So this has been an overview kind of business cycles. Uh, if you're a business owner, you know, a business owner who's in one of these phases and could use uh, someone to talk to, could use an ally, give us a call, reach out to us. Uh, we recently dropped a new website. Uh, it's yep. tricordadvisors.com. There's all sorts of great information on there. There's more videos on there. Uh, so if you have any questions or would like to have us discuss some specific topic in a future episode, go to Tricord Advisors, leave us a note. Uh, we'd love to connect with you in that way. All right. That's been all for today. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, without Randy here, let's say it together. May you you grow grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California Life Insurance Agent, California License Number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California Licensed Attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm.